This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. I'm in my 42nd year of work as a sports psychologist, my 31st year here on radio, and it's interesting, in a month, starting in January, I'll be starting my 32nd year on radio, and I've been here at uh, Sports Radio 10 WHP for the last 21 years. Love doing this show with you each week because we talk about mindsets. We talk about the mental side of sports. We talk about confidence. We talk about focus. We talk about proper sportsmanship. And along with my producer, Blake Schneiders, I'm here each week and we get into these topics and talk about these things. And uh, it's interesting now we're getting as we're in December and the nitty-gritty is coming down with the NFL and, of course, college football. will be determining who's going to play in the playoffs today. And as we move later into the NFL season, the need to win a lot of games to get your playoff seating set up is very important. You know, college and professional basketball are going on. The NHL's going on. All kinds of college sports are happening. And I want to talk today about this topic. Winning. What do you learn from losing? Obviously, the World Cup is happening. The United States lost yesterday to the Netherlands. A lot of people have said it was a positive performance or even though the team lost. Of course, the World Cup's going to be here in four years and will actually be in Kansas City as well. So, you know, why do you play sports? You know, to quote Herm Edwards, the former Chiefs coach, former Arizona State coach, former NFL player, you play to win the game. Well, that's a great quote. Except I don't think that's always the case. Maybe at the professional level that's what you do because you're getting paid to win. And if you don't win, you may not last. Your job may be over. You may be replaced. But beyond that, do you really play to win or do you play for the competitive nature? And here's the thing. I, I talk with so many people who, especially young athletes who come in my office who tell me they're perfectionists. They have to do everything right all the time. Why is that? Why do you, why do you have to do everything right all the time? You don't because nobody does. 
You know, the last NFL team to go undefeated was the 1973 Miami Dolphins. That's a long time ago. 49 years ago. You know, you're, you're losing failure is going to happen if you play a sport. You're going to, to strike out. You're going to miss a shot. You're going to miss a kick. You're going to double fault. You're going to swim slower than you ever have. You'll hit a golf shot into the water. It's going to happen. So I want to get into this topic today because last year the Chiefs lost twice to the Cincinnati Bengals. And today they're playing the Bengals again in a big game. If the Chiefs win today, they're going to be in really good shape because the remainder of their schedule has a bunch of losing teams with the exception of the Seahawks in there. And you can't take anything for granted because anybody can beat anybody. However, the schedule will be favorable for them. Cincinnati's obviously very good, but they beat the Chiefs twice last year. So you have to think, when I, especially when I've listened to Patrick Mahomes speak this week, the taste in his mouth from that second half of the AFC Championship game has been a motivator for him, has been something that's challenged him. I mean, he's, he's come out and said, I didn't play well. I pretty much stunk it up in the second half. I've got to play better. I've never met Patrick Mahomes. When I listen to him talk, he is obviously an extremely knowledgeable and smart person psychologically when it comes to performing. And I say that because I really feel very strongly that he understands the ups and downs, the ins and outs of what winning and losing really are about. Obviously, he's had tremendous success as a professional. And not to be overlooked, his rookie year, if you remember, if you're a Chiefs fan, he didn't play until the last game of the year against Denver when the Chiefs had clinched a playoff spot with the best quarterback in the league, Alex Smith. And Patrick has said several times how much he learned from sitting on the bench and watching Alex Smith play. He's credited him with a lot of his success, and I, I think validly so. <clears throat> because I think what, let's face it, Patrick Holmes has probably always been a starter wherever he's been. So sitting on the bench for a year, we won't call that losing, but we'll call that learning. You're not playing had to teach him a lot about the big picture. And I think that probably, had, if we if we look at why he's good, and let's face it, he's extremely talented physically and psychologically, but I think that year sitting on the bench gave him so much knowledge about preparation and focusing and being prepared. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to win every game. Obviously, he's been, I mean, let's face it, if you've listened to the show, you know I've been going to the Chiefs game since the first game they ever played, went to the first Super Bowl. Rarely, rarely, rarely ever, <clears throat> ever miss a game. In fact, when I've been in town, since I moved back from grad school in 1981, I've only missed two games when I've been in town. Um, I, I think it's, it's the, the topic of how you learn from losing is so, so important. And I'd like to get into that today. So I want to open up our phone lines. If you are a coach, that, you know, I always like to get into conversation with coaches about these topics. If you're a coach, 
and your team loses, the athlete you're coaching lost, failed, screwed up. How do you teach them to overcome that? What do you do? What do you say? How do they learn from that? I mean, failure is inevitable if you play sports. And you have to learn, in my opinion, how to, how to grow from that. You know, people will say, you know, losing sucks, it's terrible, and use all kinds of negative words to associate with it. <clears throat> but I think if you lose, it's a greater lesson than if you win. So I'd lo- like to open up our phone lines at 913-3810-810. If you're a coach, I'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on if, you're, if, if your team loses or the athlete you're coaching has lost. First of all, what do you say to them afterwards? What do you what do you say to a team after a loss? What do you say to an individual after a loss, after a failure? How do you get them to grow and learn from that? <clears throat> you know, obviously you want to succeed, you want to win, but what does that really mean? Did you accomplish your goals? Did you accomplish what you set out to do? I think that is is a big piece of this. So I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach and your team or the individual you're coaching has lost, what do they learn from that? If you're an athlete and you play a sport and you have lost or failed, how do you grow from that? You know, the term losing sucks is, is pretty valid. It's no fun. But to me, it's, it's, it's a great learning experience. In the book I co-wrote with Pete Malone and Jeff Montgomery, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. Because I think when you learn, first of all, you don't like, you're not going to like the taste it leaves in your mouth. You're not going to like the way it makes you feel. But in the long term, I think it's something that can help you grow and get better. All right, 913-3810-810 is our phone number. I'd love to hear from you for a coach. How do you, how do you coach losing? What do you say to your team or the individuals you're working with when they failed? Do you get angry at them, ticked off at them? I don't think, you know, obviously you're not trying, your, your attitude's bad, that's one thing. But I think if you're a coach, you get angry at your team because they've lost, when they're putting out the effort, that doesn't help. It makes things worse. All right, 913 is the number. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Chris. Got our first caller this morning. Chris, good morning. How are you? Morning. How are you doing today? Great. Great, thanks for calling in and get your thoughts on our topic today. I, uh, I, I coach a semi-competitive baseball team, um, and whether we win or lose, um, I, even during the win, I ask each player what they could have done, in, and it lasts like 30 minutes after the game. Sometimes the parents hate it, but I ask them individually what they could have done better themselves on a win or a loss and what the team could have done better. And then the coaches and I go, we'll, we'll compile that, and we build on what the kids – you know, the kids are in the game. We're, we're coaching them. The kids are actually playing. They're, they're seeing stuff that we may not see. Um, you know, they're, they're at the plate. You know, we're not at the plate. But, you know, you've you got to go through each player and ask them individually what they could have done better, what the team could have done better. And then when we practice, we implement what they state uh, after the game, whether it's win or lose, we implement what they stated, what we need to work on, and we go from there. Well, let, let me let me interrupt you here for a second. First of all, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome what you're doing because what you're what you're doing is you're involving these kids in 
their their psychological success or failure with the game, and you're getting that giving them an opportunity to talk about it. Instead of getting angry at them because they screwed up, you'll ask them, what do you think they did right or wrong? And so what are some of the answers you get from them? Uh, when we first started doing it, um, a lot of them was the same answer, and it was kind of redundancy. And they were kind of they, they were kind of shocked that we even started asking them what they needed to do better and then what the team needed to do better. And last year we actually started implementing what the coaches could have done better during the game or during the practice. Um at first, and the kids that I, uh, I coach, we've been together uh, since T-ball. How so old are they now, Chris? They're all twelve-year-olds. Okay. But um, they—they're uh, extremely honest now. Um, you know, they've opened up the coaches. You know, um, but we're not hard on them. I mean, we—we we want them to be the best that they can be. And do we hate? Do do we like losing? No, we absolutely hate it. But. At the same time, the kids are going to, you know, if you're just out there spanking everybody, you're not going to learn anything. Well, do you ever, um, do you, excuse me, do you ever, do you ever see coaches on other teams who yell and scream at these, their kids when they strike out or make an error or screw up? And, and I actually pulled my son off a very competitive team because of the coach uh, and the what, way he was coaching the kids. What, what was going on? Um, just the, the downgrading of, of not only, um, my my son, if he messed up, but uh, the coach was pitting other players against each other. You can't do that. I mean, you've always got another player that's in that's in the pipeline on a team. Um, you know, that, that's looking. If he's not a starter, he's going to be looking to be a starter. That's just the competitive nature of sports. But you, you can't you can't pit your players against each other. How, I mean, once, let me I inter- ask you something. How, how old was how old was your son at this point? It, it, it was this, it was this past fall. So, how old was he? Uh, he just turned 12, so he was 11 then. He turned 12 yesterday. So, well, happy birthday to your son. So, he was 11. Thank you. That guy shouldn't be coaching, Chris. I mean... Uh, no. Well, he see, shouldn't be. But why Why was he? Um, I asked the organization that, and they said it was a business decision. And my wife piped in and said, well, are you here for the kids or are you here for the money? Well, you know and, the answer to that. They're here and, for the money. Oh yeah, yeah. But we got a we we had a roundabout. Um, you know, a lot of play with words. I'm not a. I don't play with words. I don't mince words. I, I mean, you just call you know, it like I'm it is. Up, I'm honest. You call I, it like I it. do. Even when, even with my players. Um, you know, if they mess up, I tell them they messed up. Tell them how they messed up. Um, you know, let's, let's work. But on you don't thing. get angry at them for messing up if they're putting out the effort, right? They're trying to work no, with them on. No, it. not at all. I mean, I, I, I've got a couple kids that, you know, wouldn't, would not play for another, any other team. But, you know, I've got one kid on my team. He's, he, his absolute heart and desire. If I could have nine, nine other kids like him, I, I would take him. He, he doesn't have the best talent in the world, but he has the best effort on the field at any given time during the game. Well, see, see uh, let me tell you, if you've listened to the show before, you know I talk about this. I have two sayings, foe versus four, FOE versus FOR. FOE is focused exactly. on effort. FOR is focused on results. I have a uh, jersey in my office from one of the Chiefs, his Super Bowl jersey. Uh, I've worked with him, and on that jersey he has FOE, big letters, because that's what he thinks about <clears throat> before he every game and, and before he performs. And it's about the effort, and he's been pretty successful at it because he utilizes, as he says to me every, every week, that, uh, that is my mantra, FOE. 
because I just concentrate on what I'm doing. It's not the result. The problem is, okay, this this coach that your son was on, the team was on, obviously it's about money. And see, there needs to be coaching education about what he's doing because 11 and 12-year-olds, he could damage them for a long time with this type of behavior. And I'm sure a bunch of these kids will probably quit baseball in the next one or two years with a negative flavor in their mouth if this is how he coaches. And that, that's that's sad. I mean, my kid when he, my son when he put on that uniform, um, was the proudest moment he'd ever he'd ever had. He told me that, and when and I at the end of the season he said, "Dad, I don't want to play for them anymore." And I said, "Okay, what do you what, what route do you want to go?" And we had a long discussion about it. And um, I'm a truck driver, so I was out of town, and my wife actually found his uniform. He had thrown his uniform in the trash from that team, and it, it I absolutely broke my heart because. He was so proud when he put the uniform on and that, and that hat on. Um, I mean, he even took his school pictures in in one of their in one of their shirts. Um, you know, it, it was a super competitive team. And I, I've got nothing but respect for most of the people in that organization, but the few bad apples can make or break a kid. And at eleven and twelve years old, they're out there. You know, there's no college scouts. They're not. There's no. You know, there's no. Um, money involved in this you know they're not going to get signed long term they need to go out and have fun first and then get get the fundamentals and build on fundamentals without fundamentals you're not going to have anything well i agree wholeheartedly with you you know i always say chris a good coach is a good psychologist a bad coach he's a sports psychologist and that guy obviously could use my help (laughs) listen sir i want to thank you for calling in today but more importantly i want to congratulate you on the way you're coaching because in my opinion, it. you're doing a great job with it. Keep it up. Because I think the kids you're coaching, win or lose, are going to have fun doing what they're doing and learn from it. So thank you so much for calling today. I really appreciate it. And best thank of luck to you. Have a good you. Show. Thank you very much. Thanks, sir. You too. All right. So that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. The topic today is this. When you lose or you fail... Do you learn from that? How do you learn from that? How do you grow from that? That was a great call from Chris. And I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, when your team loses, when the athletes you're coaching lose or fail, what do you say to them? How do you coach them or not coach them? Do you get angry at them? Do you storm off? If you're a parent and the coach of your son or daughter is somebody who's not displaying the best behavior, what do you do? If your your coach, your child's coach, gets angry at your child because they struck out or dropped a ball or missed a shot, and maybe takes them out of the game, sits them on the bench, glares at them, do you like that? How do you deal with that? But more importantly, what's that do to your kid? What's that do to your child? I don't I don't care what age your your kids are who play. They will fail. They will screw up. They will make mistakes. It's about learning and growing. And you you have a coach who is more concerned with the winning, like Chris just mentioned about his son's coach. That's going to cause more problems down the road for those kids. All right, 913 is our number. I'd love to hear from you. We've got a wide open phone board. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. I'd like to hear from you if you're a parent. I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete. Maybe you played youth sports and it left a bad taste in your mouth because you had a coach that was all about winning 
and didn't play you because you weren't succeeding. 913-3810-810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Give me a call and let's talk. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.